0: Everybody be cool. You be cool. First rule of Fight Club is: you do not talk about Fight Club. Is this a dream? Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. I thought not. Oh. But were they be wrong? Come with me if you want to live.
1: I'm Catherine, and in this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by BBFC director David Cook and we're going to discuss um, one of a number of borderline classification decisions he's had to oversee during his role as director at the BBFC. Today, we're going to look at the 2010 film, The Lovely Bones, which was mentioned by one of our listeners when she requested a podcast about borderline films. It's also a key film from your time as BBFC director, isn't it, David?
0: Hi, Catherine. Yes, it is. I I did notice when... um you did that earlier podcast that The Lovely Bones had come up, and I said to you that I thought I ought to talk to you about this because it really is one of the most difficult cases that I've, I've ever dealt with. It's um, it's probably not the most complicated one, but um, just to give you a rather far-fetched comparison, back in the 90s, I was director of asylum for the UK... And in those days, you know, very difficult individual cases, and the test you had to apply was most anxious scrutiny, and that's what the courts said. And I felt that about the <laughs> lovely bones. I I really did uh, think it was a very hard case. As it happened, um, we classified it in late 2009, and I then had several months to wait for it actually to come out. So I can tell you I felt a bit anxious during those months.
1: I'm not surprised. So what did we think when the film was first submitted to us for classification?
0: Well, it was uh, seen for advice at least twice, and I was certainly involved in um, one of those advice viewings. And I think we realised straight away that we had a very difficult proposition. Um, A real kind of borderline case where you had two things going on that were very difficult to balance off against each other. So on the one hand, you had a film which was in some sense about a child murder. And so you immediately think, what on earth could the BBFC be thinking of giving a film with uh, that kind of theme, a 12A, or even considering it? But as you know, we've got something in our guidelines, which is one of our principles, which says, um, it's not really about the theme; it's all about how the theme is treated so on the other side of the balance, there was the fact that um you didn't actually see the the murder at all. I would say that um there was no single scene in the whole film which actually sort of crossed the boundary from twelve a into fifteen. So it was really the the combination and the fact that it was such a disturbing subject um, made, meant that it was really right up there on the border, and a, and a very difficult call to make.
1: So what kind of feedback did we get from the public about classifying the film at 12A, as mm-hmm. opposed to maybe a higher category like 15 or 18?
0: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about that, but let me just mention uh, a couple of other things that sort of ran through our minds when we were, were classifying it. And um, one of them is an argument which podcast listeners will be familiar with, and that's the known quantity argument, we call it in our jargon, which is when something's based on a book. In this case, the, the known quantity argument um didn't apply in its pure form because frankly I think you could have made a very different film based on the book The Lovely Bones you could have made a 15 film you could could even have made an 18 film so it was a known quantity um, in in a very general sense but it was also something that was very open to be um, to be given different kinds of treatment by the maker The other argument that um, weighed with me is it really was quite a salutary story about stranger danger. You you know, the guy who um, turns out to be the murderer is uh, a stranger to Susie in the the film, but he's also a neighbour. And I can remember at the time thinking uh, when I was watching it that there are all kinds of quite strong messages embedded in the film about just that kind of danger. So that was another thing that was taken into account. So you asked me what the public thought. And um, in 2010, we got 24 complaints from members of the public, which was the highest number in that year. But I just want to put that into perspective a bit. I mean, when you consider that um, many thousands of people will have seen the film during its, its first fortnight, it's not a very big number really and as you know when we get a film which is very controversial we might get up to two or three hundred complaints. So okay it was the the biggest figure uh, in, in 2010 but actually a very small figure in in comparative terms and quite small for instance in relation to the number of complaints that The BBC, for instance, might get, or Ofcom might get. So, you know, uh, worth putting that number in some kind of perspective.
1: Yes, it's interesting you mention um, the way The Lovely Bones is is a known quantity, because obviously Mm. we have lots of books that are being made into films at the moment. One example would be a very obvious one, The Hunger Games, Mm. where... The, the audience on paper very much translates to the audience they're trying mm. to reach on the screen as well. And, and obviously those films have come out at the 12A level. But The Lovely Bones isn't the first film that's had a kind of tricky theme that we've managed to contain at the mm. lower categories. One of them that springs to my mind is um, The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas, mm. which obviously had a Holocaust theme, mm. which you immediately think just wouldn't be able to be contained at the lower age ranges but that that film was also classified 12a Mm. in the cinema and 12 on video so that's what we thought of the lovely bones in this country what did our sort of international counterparts think of it in different parts of the world
0: we take these decisions without looking at what's happening in in other countries but we quite often do um check up later on and in this case it was relatively reassuring so in in the u.s um the classification was PG-13, and PG-13 doesn't always translate into 12. In some cases, in the minority of cases, it can get 15, but it's the closest comparison. The same was true of the equivalent Australian uh, rating. And then when you come to Europe, it was um, 12 in the Netherlands, which is sometimes a bit more lenient than us, but it was also 12 in Germany, and my experience has been that although all the different European countries are different, um, Germany is often quite similar to us. And I think you're right as well, Catherine, to draw that distinction between um, the Hunger Games and the book that that was based on, and, and the Lovely Bones. I, I can remember when I was doing the first Hunger Games film, and it, that was a very tricky decision and initially it looked as though it might be heading for 15 but it um, turned out to be possible to make a number of changes which uh, got it to 12 but I can remember being on the tube and hearing um, people who were obviously in the 12 to 14 age group discussing it at the time whereas um, as I say but the lovely bones um, I, I think you could have made a very different film uh, on, on the basis of that book and some of the critics didn't like the film because they they thought that the film had had sanitised the book. So you, you know, this kind of based on the book comparison, um, mm-hmm. there are sometimes some differences that come into play. And one other thing, I remember reading that the star Saoirse Ronan um, didn't actually read the Lovely Bones until she'd actually finished work on the on the film. Um, because she'd taken the decision herself that she wanted um, to you know do the film work first, and she thought the book the book might be a bit strong for um f- for her as i think probably a fourteen year old actress playing a fourteen year old character.
1: I think you make a very good point there, actually. I think perhaps that was um another film where public expectation was that it was more of an, an adult book mm. and maybe many children hadn't read it so mm. why was a film being made that was suitable um, for, for a lower age range And um, whereas The Hunger Games obviously parents sort of had a connotation of, of young teenagers when they think about that book yes. already and I think this is a bit like the film black swan where there was a, a slight public expectation that it was going to be a film about ballet mm. and it was classified 15 and you got kind of 15 16 17 year olds going with their parents and their parents being quite shocked so you do get quite a lot of that in um in our line of work where there is a kind of preconceived expectation of what um a film should be based on other materials around it be it film posters or books or marketing or whatever yes um, i that, think it makes a very good point for why our bbfc insights is so useful because it does kind of peel back all those layers of preconception by giving people the main information they need before they go and see a film
0: i think you're you're right about that i think um from my perspective black swan was correctly <coughs> correctly classified but um I, I think some people did discover it was not quite what they were expecting when when they went, um, and I'm, I'm glad you've mentioned insight because it's always important to mention this facility which we provide in in both a short form and a long form, and actually the insight for um, for the lovely bones is is interesting itself because it, it is contains child murder theme, disturbing scenes and moderate violence. So that is short insight which doesn't pull its punches Um, and does tell you, I I think, that it was uh, very much a borderline call. So, you know, if you were to ask me uh, as of today whether I I think we got it right, I, I would say yes. I still think that the 12A was the better decision But I absolutely respect the views of anybody who who disagrees because it was a very, very finely balanced thing.
1: Well, thank you, David. I think that was a really interesting look into the decision-making behind The Lovely Bones and also a few other films um, as well that we've drawn comparisons with. And I'm sure we'll invite you back on the podcast again to discuss some other um, trickier decisions from your tenure.
0: Lovely. I look forward to it. Thank you, Catherine.
1: Now, remember, if there's anything you would like to hear us discuss on the podcast, you can contact us on podcast at bbfc.co.uk. You can use the feedback form on the podcast page of the website, or you can tweet us at BBFC.